Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra. Yeah, I flipped that. Just to, okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, that being said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a brand new list for you. This is actually going to be a part one of a two part uh, list that we're going to have for you. And we're combining, you guys seem to love when we talk about a lot of the controversial shit. So, we're going to talk about 20 of the most controversial video games ever made and we haven't done a video game um episode in a while so we're going to do this one today um and this is from goliath.com uh nick steinberg was the author of this uh piece and let's face it controversy you know you know controversy is extremely easy to manufacture and almost instantly brings notoriety to itself this is especially true in the world of video games and the video game industry has nearly Every video game out there has had some form of controversy surrounding it or has offended someone in some way, shape, or form, often for trivial reasons. However, there are a handful of games out there that are truly deserving of the term controversial because of how offensive, disgusting, and just outright awful that they were. So today we are going to talk about the first 10 of the 20 most controversial video games of all time. So just to throw out a warning before we get into this list, graphic content will be discussed. So if you have any little small, you know, ears around the house, make sure you know you send them in the other room and stuff, you know, because some of this stuff is a little bit fucked up. So that being said, uh Chip, Roger, which one do you guys want to kick us off this evening? Uh let's see. I guess I can start it. Okay. All right. Um <clears throat> so the first one on the list Pokemon. Yeah, the po- that's right. Pokemon. The Pokemon. <laughs> the Pokemon. Uh, really? The, the the pocket monsters? Yes, the the monsters that fit your pocket. You know, oh, they don't actually go in your pocket. Right. Um, but yes, you can believe it or not, Pokemon games have had their fair share of controversy over the years, despite being rated E for everyone and targeted toward a younger audience. Um, the original games for the Nintendo Game Boy, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, Got us some hot water over one of their creative designs. The Pokemon Jinx was as, uh, the Pokemon Jinx was actually accused of being racist. Even Satanic appears due to his face bearing a resemblance to an actor in blackface. And the design was later reworked. It was later reworked, but they just made her purple, which still doesn't change the racial implications, in my opinion. But I, I would say no, that doesn't change the racial implications. No, but. I mean, Nicki Minaj decided to be her for like 10 years, so I guess it's all good now. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, additionally, the mobile gaming uh, succession Pokemon Go was the focus of intense media scrutiny after it took the world by storm in July of 2016. The world was better back then. Uh, as there were many reports of physical injuries, car accidents, even death resulted from people playing the augmented reality game. I I mean, I went out there a lot and played that game in a public setting with a lot of people, like hundreds of us walking around town and stuff. And stuff like that never happened. So it's just stupid people being stupid people. Yeah. They always right. take the stupidest among us and say, hey, this is how everybody is because these dumb fucks. Like, no, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, there was an article several years ago that uh, was talking about, like, child predators 
um, using Pokemon Go to meet up with kids, obviously kids yeah. and everything. But it, is that Pokemon Go being controversial, or is that just uh, being pedophiles? Yeah, uh, a fuck dude being a fuck dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, I never looked at Pokemon as anything other than just a video game. You know, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're, like, to me, it's like, oh, Pocket Monsters. Oh, you know, you get to fight, you know, these little, you know, you know, you can, they can evolve and they can, you know, you can have battles, you know, and, and really, I mean, even me, any, not just a video game. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was a tabletop game and. People used to trade Pokemon cards all the time and things of that nature, and still do. See, and, see, and they yeah. still do. People still play Pokemon. They still have. Do they still have Pokemon tournaments? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they're very successful. Still got Pokemon tournaments. Still major, majorly successful. You know, video. I mean, the cards themselves, the rare ones, are almost what? What, what was what was the one? The the hologram Charizards, like almost almost a hundred grand, almost a hundred grand. Yeah. So yeah, Pokemon's big business. Um. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I would link it to Satanism, you know, which then again, Pokemon was accused of it because, you know, it was the satanic panic back then and everyone, everything was accused of being satanic. Pokemon, I mean, it's just from the standpoint that it was a video game and, you know, like it had these cute creatures and had these evil creatures, you know, and it's like, okay, like we're, I'm going to play this, you know, you know, Car, you know, I choose you. Not to mention the anime was also around. You know, just I don't, I, I don't get how you can equate the you know Pokemon with Satanism like that. I, I, I still if you try real hard, it happens. Say what now? If you try real hard, you can make it happen. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can almost make anything satanic if you try hard enough. Right. There's just the Puritans. Right. I mean, just just like what it said at the very beginning, uh, nearly every video game out there has had some kind of controversy surrounding it. Right. Or it offended somebody in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but Pokemon's still going strong to this day, you know, despite the... Some billion-dollar industry. Yeah. I, I would... Is it the, is it the most... Uh, I don't think it's the most successful uh like gaming franchise, I don't think so. Uh no, I think Mario I think is Mario still the most still successful. There, yeah. Uh I don't actually think so either. Uh yeah, Mar- the, the Mario franchise would definitely be up there. Gears I'm uh, not Gears of War, the Call of Duty franchise is probably still way up there. Forza. So as a let's see it. Uh, as a solo game, as a franchise, yes, Mario is number one. But as a solo set kind of thing, it's Tetris. Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom, that's, my mom, that's my mom's favorite game. <laughs> Followed yeah. by Call of Duty, then Pokemon, GTA, FIFA, uh, Wii game, like Wii Sports. Right. Uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, the Lego... Series, gaming series, Sims, Minecraft, uh, Final Fantasy, Mario Kart. Actually, Kart. if we're talking most successful, it's Pokemon. Uh, it's a total of a $100 billion franchise. 
as money wise, yeah, but I'm talking about like yes. sales wise, not actual. Because a lot of the it doesn't actually show the dollar signs for the Mario franchises because there's multiple of them. Yeah, I mean, but you got yeah, it, it's more than just the Super Mario Brothers. You know, they also have you know the you know the Wario series. They also have you know Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Tennis, Golf. You know, all these other different you know subsidiaries of the Mario franchise. Not to mention they do in all of Yoshi's stuff, Luigi's Mansion stuff. Like, there's it's so expansive, you know. But I don't think that stuff's considered Mario. It has to be Mario in the title. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, they they listed as Super Mario, um, yeah. and that's a thirty-eight billion dollar industry. Yeah, because they brought it down just to the Mario thing, like the spinoffs. Yeah, will probably make it the highest selling. Yeah, yeah, then Call of Duty seventeen billion. Uh, that's uh, where Black Ops Four got to one billion dollars. Yeah, Star Wars video games are seventy billion. Um. The Dragon Ball games are in fourth place at twenty-seven billion. Call of Duty is in fifth place at twenty billion, and that's B billion with a B. Yeah. So, Pac-Man at fifteen point one. Uh, Dungeon Fighter Online at fifteen. The Wii series, uh, for like Wii Sports. Is at fourteen point eight billion, which is crazy, because people like loved but hated that franchise. Uh, well, the thing is weird because it says Dragon Ball's number four, but only six point two billions from video games, right? And Star Wars is the same, only six billions from video games itself. Yeah, which is uh, crazy. I mean, Call of Duty uh, is up there. Pac-Man, which is not surprising. I'd spend all dollars I could on Pac-Man if I could. Right. So, did you like the Pac-Man World games when it when it turned when it went 3D? Yep. Yeah. I had them on PlayStation, the Konami collection, whatever it's called. Yeah. I only ha- I only yeah. have uh, two. I don't have uh, one or three. So. Well, you like three the best, but. I couldn't find. I can't. I can't. I could. Why is it when you go to McKay's you can't find the game you want? You know what I mean. But anyway, that's a different story. That's why you just shop on. That's why you just shop on eBay now. <laughs> right. Yep. McKay's costs too much. Yeah. They're yeah. They were really having games. Right. Yeah. They be. They be. They be worsening GameStop nowadays. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a. Hey, I have um five hundred DVDs. I have f- about I don't know maybe two hundred Blu-rays. I got. Uh, three hundred video games. How much is all this? Mm, we can give you twelve dollars cash or twenty six dollars credit <laughs> for all this. Yep. Fuck you. I'm leaving. But anyway. <laughs> wow, I can't believe PUBG is. PUBG has made five point nine billion. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Uh, All right. So that being said, uh, Chip, you want to get the next one? Uh, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, so number nineteen on the list is a game called Night Trap, uh, and it was released at a time when the full motion video game genre was all the rage. Night Trap is a horror game that was released by the 
or for the Sega CD in 1992. Trash. Trash. Uh, that plays out like a C-grade slasher film. Not even a a, a B movie, like a no, C it's grade. Trash. It was like uh, a Sega CD. It was it was bad. It was really bad. So, it, yeah. So it, it plays out like a C grade slasher film with minimal input from players actually required to progress the story. Although the game was relatively tame by 1992 standards and looks positively quaint today. Night Trap was heavily scrutinized in the same 1993 United States Senate Committee hearing on video game violence that would lead to the creation of the ESRB, or the Electronic System Rating Board. Uh, While the goal of Night Trap is to prevent the trapping and killing of women, it was claimed that the game featured gratuitous, gratuitous violence and explicit sexual content despite the fact that it contained zero nudity or extreme acts of violence, though the controversy resulted in increased sales only temporarily, Sega decided to pull Night Trap from store shelves in January of 1994, with a censored version later being released and ported to the 3DO, Sega 32X, MS-DOS, and Mac OS, and a remastered version released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in 2017. I might have to get that then. But you just said it was trash. Why would you get it? Because I don't want to play trash games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was it really that controversial, though? Like, I mean, for the time, sort of is. I mean, it was made to be controversial by... Uh, politicians <laughs> yeah because in that 93 i mean hell every damn video game was bad for you well blame mortal Kombat. Yeah, blame right? blame video games like i mean that uh, like video game like really then what about all these killings that happened in the, the 50s and stuff nah video games yep okay okay we got you bro all day long yep not even yeah Although they they did, um, you know, through the hearings and things of that nature, you know, led to the creation of the uh, the ESRB. But let's be completely honest, the ESRB don't mean shit. I mean, it's no different than the parental advisory sticker on a CD you used to see back in the day. You know what that's called? Plausible deniability. There you go. Exactly. There you go. That being said, all right, so we're going to move from that trash-ass game. To a game that literally... It's also trash ass. <laughs> to a game that is literally just a how-to guide to kill something. And this video game is called Hatred. Um, an isometric shoot 'em up in which players control a, a misanthropic mass-killing mass psychopath on a genocide crusade to kill as many people as possible. The surprising thing about Hatred is not that it is deemed controversial, but that its detractors were largely video game journalists, not parental groups or politicians, who criticized it for not only being a poor reflection of the medium, but a poorly made game to boot. Game Zone's Mike Splatchta, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, please forgive me, uh, worried that hatred would become the next scapegoat for school shootings and other acts of violence in America. 
while Rock Paper Shotgun noted in their review that hatred falls in er fails in every way. In light of the controversy, uh, Valve decided to remove hatred from stream uh, Greenlight, but ended up reinstating it after gamers labeled the move as an act of censorship. These days, hatred is mostly forgotten about, but it was but it simply wasn't good enough to stay in the spotlight. You guys remember this game at all? Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Did it suck from the standpoint that it was just a bad video game, or did it suck from the standpoint of the concept behind the video game? Or was it both? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah, it, it was, was just both. a bad video game, and the concept was just pointless. Yeah. The concept of it was, I mean, I don't give a fuck if I ruin it for anybody. Um, you know, you, you basically, you're on a, basically a quote-unquote genocide mission or whatever you were, you're you know, at the beginning of the video game, he he just sits there and he goes, I'm so sick of the fucking world. I just want to kill everything and blah, 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 blah. Um, he's like, I know I'm going to die tonight, but I'm going to take as many people with me. And then you walk out the house and then all of a sudden there's just a mass group of people, you know, and then you just start shooting them up with a fucking machine gun. And it's like, why? What's the point of this video game? Like, I mean, you know. Because they want, they want, they want a shock value, and we're hoping that it would bring them more money and attention, so they could do more. But I mean, they got the back kind of attention where nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer in you know controversy creates cash, but at the same time, there's a, it shouldn't there be a limit to like uh, I don't know, you know. But at the same time, I mean, you did have people say. Oh, this is censorship and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, the guy from GameZone said, nah, nah I mean, they're going to blame this game for the next, you know, violent act that takes place, whether it's a school shooting or whether it's, you know, somebody going to the mall, shooting the place up. Like, I mean, and this was at a time, what was this, 2000 and like 2010, 2011, something like that, when this game came out? Hatred? Yeah. Uh, I don't think 2010, so. It was 2010, 2011, wasn't it? It might be earlier than that, but I was thinking it was like 2010, 2011. Uh, 2015. Oh, so it was more recently than I yeah. thought it was. Yeah, I was going to say, I was definitely out of school when it okay. came out. Yeah. So, Chip, have you, uh, you've heard of, have you, you've heard of this game, I'm, I'm sure, right? I've heard of it, but I never played it. You oh, I mean, I've never played it either. I've just seen gameplay online <laughs> and things of that nature. Trash. Yeah, I yes. mean, there for the longest time, I, I stayed away from, uh, like, computer games. Like, so. Right. Why? Oh, uh, just the, the I, I'm one of those, those people that, like, if you tell me that I have to do this to, to be popular, I steer away from it, and, um all my friends were like oh you got to get a, a a gaming computer uh, that's that's the only way you can actually play video games and all this and i was like eh fuck Facts. it and i was like eh fuck it not doing it so. so ain't nothing wrong with the xbox controller <laughs> i mean you can use the xbox controller for your pc right. you can now yeah. I mean, you could back in 2010 you could use a 360 controllers for the longest time right Alright, so that being said, we're going to move away from this game to a game that, yeah, this definitely sparks some too. Go ahead, Roger. So next on the list is Doom. Dun, dun, dun. The original the original Doom. Uh, which is actually 
was pretty hard back in the day. Uh, yeah. One of the most influential video games ever made, Doom, along with Wolfenstein 3D, helped pioneer the first-person shooter genre and launched a franchise that has continued to stay uh, relevant a quarter century after its conception. However, while Doom is a game and mainstay nowadays, it faced quite, uh, quite a bit of heat in its early years due to its graphic violence and satanic imagery, which drew criticism from multiple groups. Uh... Jeez, the Genesis 32X port was one of the first games to receive an M for Mature rating from an ESRB and received increased scrutiny after uh, following the Columbine High School shooting on April 20th, 1999. Uh, after it was discovered that the perpetrators, I'm not even going to give them any credit, had been avid Doom players. In fact, one of them even wrote in his journal that shooting up his school would be like playing Doom which helped add up to Doom becoming one of the leading scapegoats for the ills of American society in the 90s. Yeah, that Doom was... Con- yeah. Which, I mean, I played Doom, and I didn't really, you know... N- nothing nothing made me sit there and say, ooh, I bet I can do this, you know? Um, which, but at the same time, like, people... But, but, but again, Doom was kind of like what we talked about in a couple of... Uh, it was a scape. They were the scapegoats. They had to figure out what was the reasoning behind these two young men doing what they did. Um, and they automatically point to violent video games and satanic imagery and things. But if you look at the concept of Doom, aren't you fighting the satanic imagery? Like, aren't you fighting the evil spirits? Yes. You're, you're in hell. You're trying yeah, to escape. So, you know, but, you know, for these two to, you know, you know, when, when the one guy wrote in his journal, like, oh, it'd be like, you know, playing Doom. And then it's like, you know, automatically, oh, that's where they got the idea from. The same way, you know, if you looked in there, if you looked in there, you know, CD players or their boom boxes or whatever it was at the house, like, oh, they were Manson fans. Oh, you know. Go ahead, Chip. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is it wasn't this same group of kids. Didn't they blame it on Maryland? The heroin. Where were the parents? Tell at? where it's at. Now it's a now tragedy. It's so sad to see. I'm, I'm not. We <laughs> just turned it into a rap. But if people do, but if people do want to hear that, uh, we talk about that particular album from Slim Shady. Mr. Eminem himself, self, self, yes, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Eminem himself. That episode will be released very soon. If it, if it hasn't already uh, been, August uh, the fourteenth, it will yep. be released. Yep. So in twelve yep. days. Well, mm-hmm. for as of this recording, twelve days. But anyway. Yes. All right. Um. But yeah, I mean, just they. They wanted to blame everything on video games at this point, especially back in 1999 when this happened, along with blaming, you know, like and we, we've had discussions about this several times, you know, like they talked about they were bullied and they had mental illness and they had they were influenced by video games, music and things of that nature. They were bullied, you know, all these different things. And like what well, like what we talked about on that other episode, I can't remember the episode that we talked about this on, but. Where they said, you know, like, I mean, a whole bunch of kids died for no fucking reason. And, you know, 
it's it's rather you I mean you can't make excuses for it you can't try to justify it you can't try to place blame on you know <clears throat> excuse me about you know trying to figure out like okay well, what was the deciding factor like I mean it's a tragedy nevertheless you know and well the th- it's good they're trying to find a way to prevent it but the thing is they were mentally ill and they already had it set in their minds and together they just kept it going so there was no real way of stopping it except for stopping them before it happened exactly yeah uh and and uh you know a, a lot of it i know we're we're talking about video games but a lot of that situation um comes down to yes they had mental illness but it, there there was also a a portion of of poor parenting that went yeah. on because i mean you, you trying to tell me that you didn't see nothing wrong with um you know putting the the cat in the microwave or what right like, yeah like there's so many warning signs before it happened yeah you know and i mean yeah where were the parents at you know that i mean that's you know it's it's tragic you know and the fact that they blame the video I mean, the video game itself, it's not that... I mean, it's one of the pioneers of the first-person... Well, yeah, I would say a pioneer of the, of the uh, first-person shooter genre. That and Wolfenstein 3D. Hell, in Wolfenstein 3D, you were trying to kill a robot Hitler. Yeah, make yeah, Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, make a Hitler. Yep. But, yeah, I mean... I guess the... I guess the, I guess the, this... Because it was a first-person uh, shooter... That maybe they was like, okay, is that what it looks like whenever you're, you know, doing that? You know, I don't know. Um, just it, it's a tragedy nonetheless, you know. And uh, there's people to this day, yeah. and it's, it's been 22 years later, and people are still feeling the effects of it in some cases, especially the parents of the of the kids who, you know, died that you know that day. Right. So rest in so, peace. To them. All yeah. right, move on to the next one. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll move on to the next one. Uh, number sixteen on our list is a game called Border Patrol. Now, Border Patrol is a browser-based flash game that has you play as a border guard protecting the American border from Im- immigrants. However, these intruders are neither evil nor villainous. They're simply people coming in from Mexico. The game divides the Mexican individuals into either a nationalist, a drug dealer, or a pregnant woman. If you haven't noticed by now, the game is extremely racist right off the top and only gets worse. As the only goal of the game is to shoot every Mexican who is trying to enter the United States, no matter who they are. The game is so hated that an actual petition was created on change.org to try and rid the world of this awfully racist and unneeded creation. Unfortunately, that petition was not successful, and the game is still readily available online. Fuck Fuck this game. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a former president's favorite game. I think that, I mean, look, I understand that people have a big issue with immigration because 
yeah, yeah, people bring, you know, drugs into this country via, you know, the southern border and people, people, you know, kids are sex trafficked in human beings are sex trafficking and things of that nature. Like, I understand the reason why you want to, quote unquote, build the wall. But to be honest with you, like, don't 28 percent of all the illegal immigrants come to this country by plane? I mean, like one thing that I've always asked is those people is tell me how to legally become a citizen in this country through immigration. And they have no answer yeah. ever. Like, oh, well, we, 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 we let in we let in one million uh, immigrants a year. OK, what about the people from Venezuela or the people from Cuba who are in situations where they could be killed if they go back to their country? You know, if you're so benevolent, then why don't you just, you know, let them in? Oh, they still got to go through the process. Mm -hmm. And in that process, they could possibly fucking die if they wait in their home country. Come on, man. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. They don't even know what the process is. That's the thing. They don't know what the process is. But let's be honest. We're all fucking immigrants. My my great-great-grandpappy was born here. None of my family was born here. Like, I mean, I half of my family was born here. I you was were born, born here. here. Half, my, well, tell you that, half yeah, of my family was but, already over here. So, but like my great 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 grandparents literally immigrated from Italy and Ireland and changed their name when they came over. They were stuck on Ellis Island for like a month or more trying to get, you know. Just in general. <laughs> right. Um, you know, trying to become American citizens because they wanted to get away from the shit that was going on in their country. And isn't that what Mexican people are doing? Or Hispanic people? Because it's not. That's the... the there's another misconception right there is that it's all people from Mexico, but it's literally people from... Central America, South America, and, you know, everywhere. But they, they literally funnel up through the, the country right. of Mexico. Right, I mean, it's not, and not, I mean you, so, you got Belize, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, Costa Rica, like Panama, you know, like all them, you know. Hell, you even got, you know, what you said in South America, people from Venezuela, people from Argentina, people from Colombia, you know. You know, uh, people, you know, say, say what now? Your people. people. I'm Colombian. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm a firstborn. Gener- I'm a firstborn. Oh, okay. Here. I don't yeah. know why I thought you. Okay, never mind. <laughs> this no, 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 no. I thought no. I because th- I swear <laughs> to God, you said Filipino at one point. I'm like, no, he can't. He can't be Filipino. No, I don't have any Asian textures to my skin. I may have the skin color, but not but that's what confused me because I mean I couldn't remember if you said Filipino or if you you know you know never mind I'm trying. Don't even know my best friends on this thing. Shit. Anyway, no, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, for, but for this game to just be, you know, like it didn't matter if you if you're a nationalist, if you're a drug dealer, or you're a pregnant woman, you know, if you come toward the border, we're gonna shoot you. Like I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. Like. That's just that is that is racism to the utmost. Like fuck this game, no. And the issue is that it's still yeah. out there, right? The, and the the fact that it's still out there and still readily available is just appalling. So, 
But anyway, so we're going to move on from there to a game that I've never really heard of. Maybe you guys have heard of this game, but I've never heard of this game. It's called Soldier of Fortune. The first of many first-person shooters on this list, um, which... First of many, okay, but no, it should be the second because Doom was a... You know what, never mind, this list is written fucked up anyway. The first of many first-person shooters on this list, Soldier of Fortune was released in 2000 and was the first video game to feature the ghoul damage mo uh, model uh, engine created by Raven Software. Okay, this game is without a doubt best known for its graphically... Uh, for its extremely graphic depictions of the human body being dismembered by bullets... This engine made it possible for the unthinkable amount of violence to take place, such as blowing up an enemy's blowing an enemy's head clean off, shooting them in the stomach to reveal their bowels and a bloody mess, and even a microwave weapon to fry them. If you can find a more gory and violent video game than Soldier of Fortune, that isn't intentional that isn't intentionally over the top in its depiction, mind you, be our guest. I've never heard of this game before. Have you, need, have you guys heard of this game? I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen or played it. Right. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, I've heard of the Ghoul uh, engine uh, that Raven Software did because I think they applied it to a couple of the Call of Duty games. Oh, no, Call of Duty uses... Uh, did, if it, uh, what do they use now? Crap. The, I don't no, they don't use Unreal, do they? Uh, no. Uh, I don't. Or does Activision have their own uh, en engine now? Uh, I think so. Because Raven Software only did, I think, Soldier's, uh, Soldier's Fortune. Right. Yeah, but, but but for the game that says it is the is the extremely <clears throat> is the most extreme graphically depicted game of human bodies being dismembered with, by the bullets and heads being blown clean off. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Call of Duty uses the IW engine. Uh, it's a game engine developed by Infinity Ward. Uh, it was originally based on an ID Tech Three as its okay. core. So, that work. Yeah, they only do the soldiers of fortune games. Are you looking it up now? So, yeah, I'm looking it up. That, that's all I can see from them. But uh, from which one, Ravensoft? Yeah. Or, the, yeah. Uh, Ravensoft does do some stuff with Call of Duty now, um, but not. What is it? Uh, but <clears throat> it's not the same. It's, I mean, it's the same company, but they. have Completely changed, right? Because uh, they did War Zone, but I'm trying to think. They only did the Soldiers of War stuff before this. So we look, I'm looking up on their website now. Their game, uh, Cold War, War Zone. Yeah. Literally, they do not. They don't. They don't actually make games anymore. They don't. So even, they, they don't even. Uh, they don't even claim the other games anymore. No. So. They did rave or they did Soldier of Fortune in two thousand, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy in 03, X Men Legends in oh four, uh, but then in oh nine, they were bought by um, uh, Activision, and 
kind of got bundled into. Well, that's when they were in software and that's different, though. Right. Uh, but the stuff they've actually done is literally started with Call of Duty Ghost. Uh, and then they helped out with source code for Jedi Knights games. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and then Call of Duty. Like, they haven't really made a game since those games, which right. is weird to me. They've been around for 31 years and they haven't made anything, really. Oh, they made the Hexen series. Yeah. That's the other game I was thinking about. What, what, what was the game? 64. Hexen. Where do I remember that game? It's an old crap. Nintendo 64. Yeah. I have it on the 64. I do too. I don't think I have it. It's, it it's is, a really weird game. Yeah, it's... I don't even know how to really explain it. It's a first person... <laughs> Well, it's saying the plot is three brothers known as Serpent Riders have used their magic powers to possess seven kings of Pathros, turning into mindless puppets and corrupting their armies. And then your whole thing is to fight through everything to stop that from happening. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'll send you a picture. Yeah. I have to check it out later. My phone just died. But anyway. Alright, so... We go from Soldier of Fortune to the next one. Uh, you got it, Raj? Uh, yeah, it is me. Okay, yeah. Uh, the next one on the list is one that I think all of us have played a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Manhunt. Uh, first released on PlayStation 2 in 2003. 2003 is 18 yeah, years crazy. already. Jeez. Um. Uh, Manhunt is a stealth-based survival horror game developed by Rockstar North in which players control a death row prisoner for to, forced to participate in a series of snuff films that Taskin was carrying out a number of different executions. Uh, while Manhunt scored well with critics and even spawned a 2007 sequel, the game's graphic violence did not go unnoticed by legislators and the media. Manhunt was even implicated in the murder of 14-year-old uh, Stefan Procura of England by his 17 year old friend Warren LeBlanc in 2004, but the police, of course, eventually dismissed the implication. Although it's been argued that Manhunt is a game that doesn't so much glorify violence as it does show how horrific it is, former Rockstar employee uh, Jeff Williams wrote in 2007 that even the staff that worked on the game were made uncomfortable by its contents. There was almost a mutiny at the company over the game. Uh, it just made us feel icky. It was all about the violence, and it was realistic violence. We all knew there was no way we could explain away the game. There was no way to rationalize it. We were crossing the line. I mean, yeah, for one, it came out, and but it was during that era of Rockstar games where all the games were controversial and just shocking, all right. and stuff like that. I mean, I I was a big fan of both Manhunt games. Um, the first one, you know, like I mean, we talked about it in press start, if you dare, um, our, uh, haunt or not haunted, but our horror themed video game episode, um, you know, Manhunt and Manhunt two, both were, you know, really great games, um, in terms of like story and in terms of, uh, cause the concept behind it, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a death row inmate 
you're forced to participate in snuff films. You know, you have to figure out how to get out of here, things of that nature. You know, you know, like what you know, like in the in the 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 violence escalates later on throughout the game or whatever. I mean, when you're jabbing somebody in the throat with a chainsaw, yeah, that's kind of graphic. Um, but the 2007 sequel was, I, my, in my opinion, I think the 2007 sequel was more graphic than the one in, two, in 2003. So much so... Well, it's better graphics so what now? at that point, too, though. Better graphics Also, but you also have to understand though. that Rockstar had to scale back a lot of the quote-unquote death scenes by like 25% just so we can get an M rating so that it would avoid getting an AO rating. You know? I, I've never seen an AO rated game. Uh, I think there has been a couple. Uh, there have been, but I've never personally seen one. Let me see. Uh, there are going to be stupid snuff stuff, I bet. Oh, I guarantee it. Uh, let me see. Uh, it's mostly used in Europe, though. Because uh, Indigo Prophecy had an AL rating outside the States, which doesn't make sense at all. Uh, let's say Andreas had one outside the States. Uh, Hatred. Uh... Manhunt 2 on cut version has an AO rating on PC. Uh, yeah, that's a really that we would. Yeah. But the whole thing with uh, Manhunt 2, Manhunt 2, you'd think Manhunt 2 would be a continuation of the first one, but it wasn't. Uh, the 2007 edition, it was more like it borderlined on like MK Ultra almost. You know what I mean? Um, did, did you play the second one? Uh, no. At that point, uh, I was focused on narrative gameplay, so more stories without the actual right. Action I mean, it was. Like I mean, it. Um, yeah. Like, just go through like watch some of the gameplay. You know, um, I've seen it. Like, like I'm just like, oh, it's. Uh, at that point, I was like, oh, it's just a another <laughs> right. Rockstar game. Yeah. I mean, so they they changed the 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 style of the game from one to two. So the first one was a stealth based uh, survival game, where the second one is actually listed as a psychological yeah. horror game. Um, less did it come out around the same time as the Condemned? I bet it did. Yes. You guys remember that uh, game? I do. It's the I, one where you're the uh, reporter and you're going through it. Like, it's a. Uh, came out on the 360. Uh, let's see. Manhunt 2 came out in 2007. This came out in 2005, so no. Okay. Um, so the thing is, like, you're a. Uh, what's that word? Well, the first Manhunt came out in 2003, so. You're a crime scene investigator. That's what yeah. it is. Um, and he like has to look through like a bunch of these killings and everything like that. Uh, and it's just like a lot of weird stuff with a serial killer dude and everything like that. The weirdest part of it all is there just 
there's a section where you have to walk through a room that has a bunch of like mannequins and they follow you yeah but you can't see them follow you but you hear them and every time you turn they're like set still and the point is you're like the point of the level is like you're trying to escape the mannequins because they can get you it's so demandingly creepy yeah it was uh called condemned criminal origins yeah did you say it came out in 2003 no no that came out in oh. 2005 the original oh, okay. manhunt came out in 2003 and yeah. then the sequel to manhunt came out in 2007 so the developer was monolith uh and the produ- publisher was uh sega, sega. but uh Mar- what huh what no nah, i went sega my bad oh that did not sound like that at all <laughs> <laughs> i saw we uh oh it's fine what i was gonna say the uh monolith people are the same people that made uh the shadow of war and shadow of mordor they made uh fear one and two uh what's the other good game they made i'm trying to figure out the top of my head uh and obviously they couldn't have one and two uh i don't know what else they made but they were a really good group and then they were many things as shadow war what happened to them though uh, yep, it just says they made the game and that's it. Shadow War and Shadow of Mordor, so. Oh well. Those were good games. I love those games. I like the uh, Nemesis system too. Keeps uh-huh. the game interesting. Especially since you have to kill each one in a unique way to advance. Yep. Uh, but I guess we'll move yes, on. Yes, move on to the next one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, where were we at? Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a game called Bone Town. Bone Town is an adult adventure PC game that was re- released in 2008. The game itself follows a man whose sole purpose in life is to have sex with as many women as possible. That's it. So, uh, another Leisure Shoot Larry game series? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, the game got hugely negative reviews for its sexist content, its mediocre gameplay, and juvenile humor that mostly catered to a 12-year-old. The company that created the game, D-Dub Software, also hoped to set out and have this game create a new industry and marketing model for adult-only games. Instead, they wound up with a load of controversy, no pun intended, on their hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Giggity. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I know nothing about this. Me neither. Game. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was the game. I mean, they, I guess, Leisure Suit Larry kind of put it into this thing. Like, hey, you know. We're gonna do this in a fun, sexy way. It's gonna be, you know, cool. But then again, it's like, okay, you made a game where Bone Town was the only purpose, like Bone Town. Dude, bone in two thousand eight, I was barely having sex <laughs> in my real life. What makes you think I'm gonna do good in a video game? I mean, fuck. it is. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, so bone Town <laughs> on on Wikipedia, 
it just says Bone Town is an adult video game uh, in that it is sexually explicit in nature. The premise of the game is that as the player completes more missions, his testicles become larger. The player is stupid. Yeah, the player is able to have sex with more attractive women as they become thinner. Uh, the character wakes up from or wakes up to a fraternity brother urinating onto the player's face. The game then begins with a tutorial explaining how to beat up the brother. A blonde woman explains to the player that the point of the game is to have sex with as many women as possible and then performs fellatio on the player character. After finishing, a man in a suit approaches and explains that he is part of an organization called The Man. He warns the player that public indecency is illegal, and if the player is caught, he will be arrested. The player goes through the game, completing missions for various individuals in a style reminiscent of Grand Theft Auto. Missions include participating in pornographic films and beating up someone who believes they are Jesus. This game just gets worse. Uh, The player explores the game's local bone town and its various neighborhoods, which are sexual puns used as such as Missionary Beach. (laughs) Women are scattered throughout the city. (laughs) So bad. It is. So bad. Uh, Women... (laughs) Women are scattered throughout the city, and the player is able to have sex with any of them. Sex can either be for the player's enjoyment or to recover in-game health, depending on the position selected. The game requires the player to match the desires of the woman in order to last as long as possible. Temporary power-ups are given through recreational drug use. Wow. Uh... Bone Town received mostly negative reviews for its mediocre gameplay and juvenile humor. Game Zone's Mike Spletcha stated that the game is essentially an interactive porno that, while is intriguing at first, is limited in scope. The reviewer noted that the game's dry sense of humor would only appeal to certain people. IGN, in their Year of Sex 2008 summary, called Bone Town an exploitation game of the first rank and calls the gameplay mechanics standard fare. Yeah. That's probably IGN and I right oh now. Oh my god. Games. We all know IGN gets it wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it, it, it's for horny teens and sad adults. So, I mean, it's. But it's not, though. Like, it's really for. Just the people that made it, I guess. It's the, it's the it's the Vince Russo of the video game industry. No, don't disrespect <laughs> that game like that. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those games that you almost want to play just to see if it's as bad as they say it is. But then you don't want to play it because you're like, what right. Are you doing, man? <laughs> right. But you don't want to be that guy and be like, eh, it's not that bad of a game. Like, really? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Let's move on to the, the next, the next one that we're going to be talking about is Six Days in Fallujah. Now, 
A tactical third-person shooter set during the Iraq War, six days in Fallujah, proved to be so controversial that it never even made it to release. Konami and developer Atomic Games triumphed, uh, trumpeted the game's realism, but many people saw this as being in poor taste considering the war in Iraq was still ongoing at the time. Veterans and parents of soldiers who died in the war were particularly critical of the game, with Tim Collins, a former lieutenant colonel of the 1st uh, Battalion uh, Royal Irish uh, Regiment, calling the game flippant and arguing that it's particularly insensitive given what happened in Fallujah for Konami to release such a game. Uh, bowing to pressure, Konami announced that it was, it, it was stepped down as publisher of Six Days in Fallujah on April 27th of 2009, and Atomic Games was shuttered after that last, uh, after that year, after failing to find another publisher. So, I've heard about this game. Um, obviously, it never made it to release, um, but I did hear a lot about it was set to be released during the war in iraq um which you know that was a pretty scary time in in, in the country at that point you know because there were so many people because you know september 11th happened and then you know what was this 2009 i thought it was I, I, no, no, yeah, no, no, sure. no the war in iraq to like i, I was thought it was like 2004 2005 Oh, it said Konami announced it was stepping down as publisher okay, on April twenty seventh. Yeah. So therefore, yeah, I just read it. Yeah. You just read it. <laughs> Please forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very, very sleepy. <laughs> but no, like, like, at, I understand you. But at that point, like, hadn't Call of Duty already sort of touched on the whole Iraq War like twice? But it's well, Modern Warfare. Like, I mean, yes. Well, okay. So here's a tidbit of information about this game. In February of two thousand twenty-one. The game was announced to be back in development at Highwire Games, consisting of former Halo and Destiny game developers, published so by, dodgy. pretty much, um, published by Victura. Six Days in Fallujah is scheduled to be released on PC and consoles in the fourth quarter of 2021. So by the end of the year. By the end of the year, uh, we'll wait to see. If it does yeah. come out, maybe we should play it. Maybe we should, just to see if it's as bad as. Well, if it's it's as bad as as controversial, I guess, because of the time, like it was incessant well, time, like we said. Yeah, like, that that's what I mean. Come out, like at this point, they were just picking a game. Like, no, don't make that game. Right, because we've already seen. Right. Movie. Yeah, uh, Atomic Games described Six Days as a survival horror game, but not in the traditional sense. The fear in Six Days does not come from the undead or supernatural, but from the unpredictable, terrifying, and real tactics employed by the insurgents that were scattered, scattered throughout Fallujah. See, I would actually like to play that just to, because, I mean, I never went to war, and it's not like something I want to go, but I want to, like, sort of have an understanding or like I can't obviously get the experience, yeah. But I want to know like what it's sort of like for them to go through stuff like that. Because I mean, I just want to have an understanding of that situation. Because I mean, it's not something like 
it was not a, it's a badge of honor, but not in a good way, right. I guess you would say. So uh, it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> right. Um, it says according to uh, the developers who worked on the game, the development team consulted nonfiction books about the battle as part of their research, search, such as Patrick K. O'Donnell's "We Were One." shoulder to shoulder with the marines who took fallujah incorporating their recollections into the game's events and storylines see that makes me want to play it even more because then it becomes like his more like a docu more like a docu series like a, a series of events that took place like this is what we were feeling this is what we were you know going through at the time and this was the mission that was carried out this is why right. we did what uh -oh. we did and you know it kind of it puts you in the mind of a soldier, you know, who's in these trenches, who's who's who went to, whether you agree with the Iraq War, or you don't agree with the Iraq War, um, you know, like I said, like I said on previous episodes, I know those men do not get to go, do not get to choose where they get where they get stationed or anything like that. And God bless all the troops and out there, the ones who are fighting for us, we love you. That being said, though, with, with this for this particular video game, I would want to, you know. I would want to be like, okay, what were they feeling at this point? And if you played the game with the knowledge of this is what someone else experienced, you don't get the exact same experience, but you get a small glimpse as to what real war would have been like for that person, you know? Right. So that 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 does intrigue me to want to play this game. So. Yeah. Like I said, I wanna I wanna understand I wanna understand right. of a situation right. like that. All right, yes. so that being said, let's move on to the last one of the night. Rod, you got it? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so number oh last one for the night, I might want to do the numbering. Uh Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. The Grand Theft Auto series has been controversial from day one. But the most famous example had to be 2004 GTA San Andreas. Rather than usual complaints about violence and foul language, those were, I mean, there were still a lot of those. Uh, San Andreas came under fire for sexual content. In 2005, less than a year after the game was first released, a modern friend of the Netherlands named Patrick uh, Wildenborg, <laughs> released a hot coffee mod, a reference to how the game handles unseen sex scenes that's a hard thing to say i'm glad <laughs> unseen sex yeah. scene. uh the model lets players engage in a crude looking sex mini game and probably would have wouldn't have gotten so much attention if Wonderberg had developed the content himself but unfortunately san andreas developers rockstar had created hot coffee had created hot coffee and even though the studio disabled the mini game prior to release they left the coding why would you do? Why would you leave that in there? That's because right. they wanted people to find it. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, that's just what we call lazy booking around here, you know? Right. <laughs> I just right. phoned it in. Uh, but yeah, just phone it in. It's, just go out there, and give me five minutes. It doesn't even matter. Give the German kid seven good minutes. Uh, Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do a roll. Six and eight Anyway, no, no. Continue. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Rockstar and Take-Two Interactives were forced to change the game's rating from M to AO, 
uh, making San Andreas the only mass-released AO console game released in the United States. See, but the thing is, everybody had it before this mod came out. So at that point, nobody had the AO version of the game. Everybody just had the matured version of the game. Right, yeah, because I don't remember... Uh, I, I had the game, and I don't remember it being uh, AO rated. No, uh, um, production on the ver- on this version of the game was halted, and a new version was released, but the damage had been done. Class action, class action litigation was brought against Take Two, and it eventually settled. And the term "hot coffee" became shorthand for poorly rendered sex scenes among gamers everywhere. But the thing is, like, like I said, that version of the game you had to hook up to a PC or get modded somehow. So it's not like it was it was mass produced, but it wasn't right. at the same time, I guess. Because back then, I mean, everybody was playing it on PlayStation 2. Yeah, I mean, it, right. Actually, yeah, it was on Xbox, on Xbox well, yeah. also, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. had it on yeah. OG I Xbox. I had it on the OG Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the thing for me that I always, that I always heard was the controversial thing is the uh, the glamorization or the romanticizing of street gangs in black neighborhoods. Right. That's what I always like when I heard the controversy. Was like, oh, it's just making gangs and the the black lives like popular stuff. So was like, I mean, not really. Like these are really ups. These is like the thing about Grand Theft Auto is that they have good stories and they have sort of things that could happen, but it's always something like outlandish, like a sitcom yeah, kind of exactly. storyline. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 there was different themes within, you know, like. Each one, yeah, like like Grand Theft Autos one, two, three. I mean, it was four, five, four and five. There, it, it was all in Liberty City, you know. Um, Vice City, you know, was Miami in a sense. You know, Li- you know, Liberty City was kind of like oh, new, that's kind of New York, you know. Um, you know, well, I mean, Vice City was just Carlito's way. It literally right. has like ninety percent of that movie. Yeah, but but what I mean game. is, is that when you thought. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you know, I was thinking like, okay, this is like a play on Boys in the Hood, Compton, you know, things that, and, and see, and if you actually go to the uh, the Grand Theft Auto Wikipedia page, it says that it was Liberty City, which is based on New York City, San Andreas based on San Francisco, which I don't believe that one. I think that's more based around South Central Los Angeles, Compton, Inglewood. You know, Crenshaw Boulevard, all of them. You know, I don't even. I don't think that. Oh, I think maybe it's Oakland, yeah. Um, and of course, yeah, Vice City was kind of like what you said, Carlito's Way, based in Miami. Um, you know, um, yeah. so there was different themes, you know, and and let's and let, let's be honest, like when you, you you think of movies like New Jack City, you think of Boys in the Hood, you think of you know Friday, you think of you know movies like that that's that's based in you know the quote-unquote hood the ghetto place like that and then they make a video game where it's like they take basically what you would see in a movie like that and then they put it to they put it in this format and now all of a sudden it's bad because now you're controlling the quote-unquote gang members and making them do all these you know things you know, how is this game any different than the, than the previous, you know, Grand Theft Auto games? Yeah, like, how was it any different from the other ones? I mean, I mean, everybody did fucked up shit. Was there six before this? I thought there was only four before this. No. I thought there was only four before this one. Uh, 
no, San Andreas is the seventh in the Grand Theft Auto series. So really? they had, yeah. Because um, I know one, two, three, obviously. Then Vice City. What else would have been there? Hold on. So it goes Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 2. Yeah, no, this is weird. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I was like, it shouldn't have been that far back. One, it's two, the three, fifth four, in the five. series. Yeah, but according to the spinoff. Yeah, because according to but according to the Wikipedia page, uh, it's the seventh in the series, which doesn't make any oh timeline wise. Well, so they had Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Two, then they had Grand Theft Auto London, nineteen sixty nine, Grand Theft Auto London nineteen sixty one, then um, Vice but City. Those, but those and, are expansions, though. I, but they count them as games. That's for whatever weird. reason. Because I remember yeah. those. Like they were supposed to be just an expansion to number one, and this, and then right at that yeah. point they were developed for number two. So they just brought out it was DLC before DLC, I guess. Right. So we're doing. Hmm. Well, yeah, I was like, because there's only is there only seven main one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's only seven mainline ones. Yeah, but if you look at like Grand Theft Auto Four, The Lost and the Damned, which was uh, episodic packs for Grand Theft Auto Four, they yeah. count them as the the twelfth installment overall. That's weird because I mean it, that's the DLC. Yeah, it's literally the DLC. For Why that. would you count? Yeah, I mean the Lost and the Damned. <laughs> yeah, the Lost and the Damned was basically <laughs> it. It was a play. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it was a DLC. play on you know. What was popular at the time um, about a motorcycle club and things of that nature, um, kind of similar to like Sons of Anarchy and things of that nature. Um, the Sons of Anarchy. I think Anarchy it was yeah, two thousand. Was it? I thought it was after I, mean, I got out of high school. Yeah, uh, let, let, let's, yeah, let's, let's look Sons that up real quick. I'm looking up right now. Uh, Sons of Anarchy started in. Uh, don't give me all the crappies. Don't give me the new show. I don't care about that right now. Sons of Anarchy debuted in when? Uh, so it was, yeah, so it was around yeah. the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's when it was. Re- oh yeah, the development of it would have been around 2008. So yeah, because what the thing is, they made that and the Ballard Gate Tony at the same time to be. Like another Vice City spinoff. They, they, they also had the right. Chinatown but, uh, like, Wars yeah, as well, which was very similar to the game Yakuza. But that was on the. That was on the PSP though. Oh, that, that was that was that wasn't a downloadable. Yeah, and it thing. was not. And it was not. No, it was you on know, PSP, and, and it was nothing like Yakuza. It was just you doing missions oh, okay. in Chinatown of Liberty City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was now, fun, though. San Andreas. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the one where you you like. Riding up, you can ride the bicycle. Yeah, that's the first CJ. one that started. Yeah, that's the first one that started giving you more options. You could eat to gain weight or work out to get buff. Um, you would have girlfriend missions, uh, just right. other cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, Vice City, yeah. uh. I think Vice City was when I really first got into Grand Theft Auto. I'd gotten three. Well, my cousin had three, and we played a crap ton of it. Uh, Vice City we got, but San Andreas we just spent a lot of time on. Four, 
to me is out of all of them is probably the most underrated one uh obviously because three was like the one where it started to get mainstream uh to vice city because you know it was the miami cool drug dealing yeah. one or like the neon or anything like that 80s right. one san andreas obviously for being the, the black one uh five for being just how great it is in general and all the extra stuff because you know the the heist the uh triple co-op yeah story mode kind of thing it's just a lot of stuff but four really is it has a beautiful story I can't it does it does it's so underrated because it came in <laughs> like four years after san andreas so it wasn't too close people were not you know sick and tired of grand theft auto but five years later grand theft auto five comes out and it just everyone's like, you know what? Four right. does not matter anymore. Just do they announce six? Right. Are they going to make a six? Is it coming soon? Or That's this true. is Rockstar? They don't announce anything. Uh, they, they won't. You won't know about it until they like tell you it's <laughs> right. going to come out. But it's supposed to be returned to no, no, no. Remember, Rockstar did give us, did give us a little bit of hits. Uh, remember when we talked about it? Uh, actually, one hour ago. Uh, GTA, uh, Rockstar and 2K is announcing a new is, uh, GTA 6 is unconfirmed and they are announcing a new franchise. Huh. This was an hour ago from the British Express press, I think. Sure, they're gonna release a new franchise. Manhunt 3. But <laughs> what would it, I mean, that's not new though. That's not new though. But no, that's... remember they talked about, uh, they showed us a thing where they was going back to Vice City and it was going to be like a never expanded and change a map kind of thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh. So. But but the thing is, when that game drops, is going to outsell. Weird thing is going to outsell GTA Five, and GTA Five sold one hundred fifty million copies already. Right. I mean, I think every time Rockstar <laughs> drops a new game, it's the they, best game. It, it, <laughs> Yeah, because they take so long to make them that it's it's insane. Well, the thing is, like, how because that's what I'm talking about. Like, GTA 4 is so underrated, but it was so good that five years later, when five came out, that's all anybody wanted because they wanted the next one because of how good four was. Exactly. And five is so good, people forget the Nico storyline. Because I mean. You're an, you're a European immigrant. You come here. You're set in a situ- crappy situation because your cousin is a crappy underhanded dude himself, but he's very likable. You know. Then you do all these missions. You get yourself a girlfriend, and the girlfriends had their own storylines too that worked really well overall. So it brought the romantic part, like it had more of an expansion there. Just the overall combat was really good. The missions weren't too tedious or anything like that. Overall story was fun, entertaining. Uh, made you like all, all the characters were really likable and relatable in one way or another, so it was good. And then next thing you know, hey, GTA Five, yeah, nobody cares about cares about four anymore, right? But you think? I mean, in a sense, it's like, oh man, you guys waited way too long. But like, I would rather you wait. I would rather wait for a game to come out and it be like an amazing game. I'd rather it be polished and crap. Exactly. I, I don't want to be like, because sometimes that happens. Like you get a game and it's really, really, you know, popping. Everybody loves it and things of that nature. 
And then you like, oh, we, we, we can't wait for part two. We can't wait for number two. And then you rush to get that second one out. And then you got bugs and you got, you know, horrible developed cutscenes and, you know, the, the gameplay Destiny sucks. And... Say what now? Like Destiny 2? Exactly no like Sky. Destiny 2. No Man's Sky. Yeah, No Man's Sky. You know, a, a lot of, you know, games, you know, like, we all want instant, you know, gratification when it comes to, you know, the video games that we play. And it's like, oh, or, well, you know, like, I'm done with this game now. Like, well, do you, did you do any of the side missions? You get any of the achievements? You know, what do you do? I, I'm, I'm bored. I'm ready for the next one. I'm, I've already played the story. It's like, well, play, keep playing the story. You still got, like, I still play video games that I've had for years just because I still haven't completed everything, you know, in the game, you know? And the baby's crying. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that has been part one of the top 20 most controversial video games of all time. Come back in uh, two weeks. We will be discussing another top 10 of uh, controversy. The top 10, actually, uh, most controversial video games. Uh, what do you guys think of the list so far? Uh, not, not bad. There was, uh, you know, a few games on there that I hadn't heard of hadn't played um it does make me want to go back and like i want to go back and play uh san andreas now right <laughs> uh for sure um i want them to to go ahead and release uh six days in fallujah because i want to know how that's gonna be um i i, I again i almost want to go play bone town just to to see if it's as bad as it was but I also don't want to spend money if it indeed is that bad. Right. Absolutely. Roger, any any final thoughts, Roger? Uh, I think we may have lost Roger. No? Uh, he's, no. Got, he's got his uh, muted. Yeah. All right. That being said, though, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um uh, Chip, anything you want to say before we get here tonight? Um, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Also, uh, shout out to our good friend Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Um, uh, 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 I almost lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversations Podcast. Andrew and Sean over at the Warrior Workout Network. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Demon. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We'll see you back here in two weeks with part two of the most controversial video games of all time. Yep, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams, and that's Roger Sierra. He, he, he's Roger Sierra, yes. and this is Movement Radio. God's plan. <laughs>